All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Creators Corner with Castellone, back again after a very long hiatus, finally settling into my new digs. I'm here with Alexandra today, who is the who's behind uh, Cluster F Pins on yes. Instagram. And so the oh. first question is, uh, you started <laughs> it about nine months ago. I was looking back today. Um, oh, you did the math because I haven't I like, done the math. When, like, when was when was there, when was the first post? And I was scrolling back and like, oh, October, <laughs> October of last year. Cool. October. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like, you know, because I, I know it's a relatively new account. Um, so what was the inspiration behind a pin account? Like what got you into this, this area? Into the pin, like the pin community. Into the pin community. Yeah. I mean, there's a longer story and there's like a shorter story, but like, I think everyone found, um, something to do during the pandemic like you knew you know me from cosplay and founding and like through people and doing things like that in southern california um i missed cosplaying like i missed that creativity and like being able to put that into something tangible um but i had zero drive to cosplay like i i was burnt out i was burnt out across the board i was still working i was um lucky enough to, to keep my job i work in construction so my job was still going. I was able to work from home, but like the, I, I, I feel like a lot of people that kept their jobs felt even more like maddened to do good at their jobs to be very, very productive because we were scared to lose our jobs because yay, capitalism. Yep. Um, so, you know, the kind of community that um, cosplay has where you just will be walking around a convention either in or out of cosplay and you'll, you'll just easily beeline to people that clearly share your interests, right? Yep. You're like, oh, like there's a Nightcrawler cosplay, me and Rogue, like you are now a friend of me. I have I have found like by default, you are a friend of me. And I yep. and the, that sort of like fandom nerd collaborative, like family community. And you know, I'm a big found family person because yeah. you're on my own Z's and that's basically everyone I know out here is my found family. Um, and so I found the pin community. I don't remember how I stumbled into it at like, and, and got like hyper fixated on it, but um, <laughs> cause I don't, I don't ever just tumble into something and hyper fixate and just go gung ho. Never. None of us cosplayers ever do that. No, no. <laughs> That's how I can involve in the cosplay. That's how I started <laughs> podcast, which I didn't have. I didn't have the spoons for the podcast either. And I felt terrible and I still feel terrible. We're on a hiatus yeah. um, cause life hack. And because if I'm not going to conventions and I don't have the drive to make my own cosplays, I don't have the energy to talk to other people who can, I'm a little bitter, <laughs> I identify, which I identify in myself. That's fair. And I don't want to bring that bitterness to the table because like, I'm so glad that right. people are able to find creativity where they could like, find your joy where you can. And that's kind yeah. of what I did. Um, in 2019, I went to DesignerCon okay. uh, Press, which I am I applied just the other day for a press badge again, because they're holding it in nice. person again this year. And it's in Ooh. the Anaheim Convention Center. Yeah, I see you there looking to make a note. Um, but because you could probably get easy, easily get a press badge there as well. It was really, really cool. I got to meet some people like Nicholas Smith, um, I'm sure you know who he is. He had the, uh, why am I blank? The Black Panther mural down in downtown Disney. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they I have the hospital his, now? Yeah. 
Uh, I met him and his wife there just randomly. I just, I would meet people and talk to them and like hindsight months later, find out who they were. And I was like, oh, you're actually a really big deal in this community. Like BSR pins. I was like, oh, y'all are a big deal in this community. Like stumbled into like a year later. Well, this shirt is from DesignerCon 2019. I bought this at DesignerCon. Now that I can see it, I thought it just said parental advisory because I had bad eyes. No, no, it's, it's, it's Boba Fett. And it's Han Solo with the with the body bag, and oh, it's no. basically it's 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 a replica <laughs> it's a replica of the Ice Cube death certificate album. See, I wouldn't have got that reference. You're such a music music buff, especially well, like it's the- by it's by a data crew, data crew over here, data crew, which is like a hip hop and nerdy kind of combo. They do pins, guy. yeah, yeah, they do pins. But he's also like a big old school hip hop head, so he takes old like album covers That's and cool. makes them into stuff. And so this is Ice Cube's logo. It says Ice Cube here, and then it says death certificate. So he put Boba Fett I death certificate. It. And then where it says where it says Han Solo on the album, it says Uncle Sam. Because he I killed love- Uncle Sam and, and on the yeah. album. I love little clever things like that. Like some crossovers are done for crossover sakes, and like they're beautiful and people do them and they enjoy them. And so like I'm I'm not like trying to take anyone's joy away, but I yeah. love clever things like that i just yeah. i don't always think of them I'm yeah not, and i'm super clever but like i appreciate it. i think bb create does some cool like little clever yeah. things that are crossovers with like i think they're around our age or more maybe between our ages um but it's yeah, like remember, i'm a little older so <laughs> i forget people's ages. don't age whatever. yourself <laughs> but i feel like i'm old in the pin community um anyways i just I Miley Cyrus myself into it because I work for manufacturing for my like main job, my career, I'm a manufacturer. And so what I like, it's, I'm very interested to see the manufacturing this because I work with Mm -hmm. manufacturers in China. Okay. Um, There's, there there are some manufacturers and I think Australia and a few other local places, but the, the main bulk of them from what like what I've seen on Alibaba and what I've like heard from and and, and just talking to different makers and creators, they all work with manufacturers in China. And so there's like mm-hmm. the thing about the community is, is once you start building friends that you can and people you can trust, which is a lot harder than it looks. And you know, on cosplay, there's drama, there's drama in the, the pin community. I don't want to like linger on that, but so it's like a bit of a trial and error. But you like I found a really close knit of friends that basically saved my sanity throughout the pandemic, and I got to find joy in creating again. And not everything hits, and that's yeah. fair. And that's that's a learning experience as any business maker. Like because something that you might love to pieces, the market might not like. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to refer to my customers as the market, but like on a on a sales side, like you look it at it, the market. You step back it is. Yeah. But I, we were talking before we started recording about um, just how small businesses, especially like I say large small businesses, but when they go and do go away for the weekend, they have to shut their, their site down. down. I'm not to that point really yet, yeah. but um, and how we recognize names. We see that someone, oh, someone ordered two orders this weekend and I haven't, if I hadn't already packaged one up, so sometimes I'm, it depends where I am at the right. At home and stuff but i will see that i will combine the order if i can shipping wise and a refund the second order mm-hmm. he repeat customers like that and some of which that i consider friends <laughs> so i receive repeat names and it brings joy to my heart every single time because i'm like yep. i have people that have been with me since like october 
Yep. And well, like, now that lets you know that they, they like what you're doing. Like it's a reaffirmation that wasn't a one-time thing. Like they're, they're still watching yeah. you for what you're doing. And I, and I, and I love it. It's, um, it's like seeing people multiple times at cons, but it's like, because I didn't have in-person interaction. So it's just like, I see a name pop out. I'm like, yay. And right. I, try, I, I try to write handwritten notes. I mean, they're shorter now because um, other like I one night my hand cramped. <laughs> I was like, I don't. It's a good don't problem have to have. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I try to write like semi-personal notes, but I always try and note that like, thank you for coming back. Like I recognize. Oh yeah. You've come back and you're spending your money again with me and yay. I can put this into like more products. I can put this into um, food on the table. I mean, not so much for me because I have a base like job with a salary, but like, I'm building something to hopefully be able to move into a larger space or hopefully be able to save more money with this terrible housing market that is right. California. Um, it's worth it to me, like on a, on a strictly monetary like side. And I, right. and I, as an engineer, I look at the numbers. It's worth it to me is if I just pay my student loan payment with the profits I make happy. Yep. If I, but, yep. but like what really brings me joy is the people that are like, I love this so much. And they like display it and they tag me in the post. Like, oh, this pin mail, I'm so excited. Yep. Nerd out with me. And that's the thing that I've like, that's kept me going are the people in the community. The, the, there are people that are very loud and very like hateful and angry and like to stir stuff. Um, and the reason they have to be so loud about it is there's so many people in the community that are just good. They just don't scream right. it. Right. <laughs> it exists and are good. Yep. They don't have to scream over the good to be heard and seen. And I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what drove my getting into podcasting was like, we ain't going to cons. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing cosplay. Like some people are, again, like you, I just didn't have the energy or the give a crap to make a <laughs> cosplay when I wasn't going to wear it for who yeah. knows how long right like there's yeah. no like really the first con i'm looking at i mean i'm not going to go to a, i'm not going to go to a con that no one else none of my group is going none of our group is going to right so i see some people maybe looking at like the ontario con in december I'm like okay we'll see how things are going at that point numbers wise and i'm gonna see how my what That's my core fair. group is doing <laughs> but the first thing i'm really yeah. considering is WonderCon next year and then of course i have the rollover ticket to star wars Celebration. celebration i have one day i'm hoping they re-release tickets i know a lot of people will cancel I'm, their tickets and i want to get I, a, an event pass i want the whole event so yeah i have rollovers for that one too and of course like i live like i, I don't throw a rock within like two miles as the crow flies yeah. um from the the convention center in disneyland area so yep. I, I was super excited because i know it it'd probably be more fun to have a like a hotel on site but why buy a hotel when i live 10 minutes away <laughs> you know but sometimes like honestly like i've I lived know. i've lived near like the long beach con <laughs> even when i lived in the last house and i live here i'm still i'm i live in the same city now i live in long beach and so I, i'm near the convention center but i'm not near the convention center yeah so if there's a hotel right next to it where i can just walk over and crash for the night it's still more tempting than driving home in the evening it's nice yeah. on a freeway. So, I mean, I get it. It's nice to have just like, it's separate for the weekend. Like if you're at Star Wars convention, 
and there's the Marriott and there's the Hilton right there at the center. There's stuff mm-hmm. going on in those hotels after hours for the con. Yeah. It's a lot more time to be like, you know, fuck it. Let's just get a group and crash out for the night at the hotel down there because it's easier than going back home. <laughs> it makes sense. It's always, um, you got to kind of look at it. Like, what are the, you know, especially and how much am I, and how much am I drinking yeah. at the con? <laughs> See, I don't drink at cons. I'm like the mother, I'm, I'm the mother hen. I don't usually drink at cons. Like I'm not that person that hides alcohol and like a prop and gets smashed because guess what? I get dehydrated on the like on the best days without drinking in Southern California. Yeah. You add a costume that I'm probably, it's not probably breathable. I mean, Star Wars, you're probably getting it unless you're like a Mandalorian, more breathable for the most part, unless you're like the frog lady. There's obviously like yep. linens. However, yep. <laughs> it's so easy to forget to drink. It's so easy to forget to eat because also you don't want to have to take all of the, depending what costume you're in, that is a pain in the ass to oh, manage yeah. to go to the facilities. So I mean, like, yeah. I don't want to add to that mess by not, by drinking alcohol on top of things. Well, most of my <laughs> alcohol consumption happens after the con. That's fair. When we're all hanging out like an after hours thing. We're at a hotel lobby hanging out, you know, and we're kind of like half out of cosplay or half in cosplay. Some people are out of cosplay completely. And we're just hanging out and just shooting the shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get it. I'm, I'm pretty good about drinking water the whole time. And I'm pretty good about eating because yeah. I'm the fat guy who gets hungry a lot. <laughs> so fair. I'm not missing a meal, damn it. I'm eating. Um, I'm, the, I'm the one with snacks in her bag. I'm con mom. Mm-hmm. Person, however you want to like say that. But um, I'm always the person that's like, I have a granola bar. I have a protein bar. I think I chased down, um, you know, Cal Smith. Yes. Who does? He's been doing Ed a lot lately. So mm-hmm. he did Ed in San Diego last time San Diego was around, and I had to like chase him down and like basically a, like verbally abuse him to get him to eat a protein bar that I had because every, I mean because he's so wonderful and gracious to everyone that comes up to talk to him that takes pictures with him because they're right. all excited he's just one of those like bright light people that has yeah of a saint and can handle them at that point i'm a hangry person and i'm like i need to step away and eat or i'm gonna say mean things to you but i have that self-awareness <laughs> see that's why i dress as like the anti-hero villains because that can be an asshole and it's just in character <laughs> if i'm punisher and i'm and i'm rude to you i'm just being say, the fucking punisher like you and i both cosplay punisher i mean punisher sons of anarchy it's they're all yeah. bad guys like they're not good people like you know, Frank has his moral code. He's not a bad person necessarily, just really shitty things. He's great. I love and gray so, area characters, but he's, he's a murderer. Like, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I can be in character and be kind of a jerk and not worry about it. <laughs> See, I was going to say, um, I mean, yeah, that's a good way. I, I always choose either like, because I, I do Punisher or like people with big dick energy. So like, Rogue, I do a lot. <laughs> I've done Billy Butcher with a whole like whole ass beard before. It was a really bad, it's a fake beard, obviously. And man, did that hurt pulling off because it was like, it wasn't like a, like a, um, like a, what do you call it? Where you have to do the lace front. It wasn't like a lace front beard oh. thing. It was a, just a cheap something off Amazon. And I think it pulled off chunks of skin when I took it off. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I tend to cosplay characters with that sort of energy that I'm more than, happy to shove myself in i'm like oh i'm sorry you're taking an an inappropriate picture of my friend 
or oh, I'm sorry, is that person bothering you or just, yeah, I'm more than happy to be that person. That Confrontational. Yep. No, same here. Same here. Yeah. yeah. Another thing with, with cosplay this whole last year and change is like, I don't know about you, but because the gyms weren't open, I didn't have races I was signed up for, which is like my, I need like a motivating factor to work out. Like I love working out, love going to gym, but I, I strive, I do really well training for an event. Mm -hmm. Like I'm an old, I'm an old gymnast, yeah, like same. ingrained. I'm not I'm not a gymnast, but yeah, I like having events to train for. <laughs> it's it's something to that it helps you be accountable without like shaming, <laughs> because yeah. you're like you're not physically ready. You're gonna be like me today, hurt, hurting a little more than you should be. Yeah. Um, and I guarantee you that I don't fit in like a good chunk of my cosplays right now. And I didn't want to try them on just to, to feel very sad about myself. I was like, I'm yep. really sad about a lot of things. So yeah. Um, my joy refuge for fandom stuff tended to be like the shows and stuff that were going on in Pete and like I, I did some personal writing as well mm -hmm. and then the pin community and then yep. from an engineer's standpoint it's all super fascinating to me and like the technical side of it I love it and it's it's very parallel to my job in regards where I'm, I'm managing over 200 plus projects not in my pin business but like right. for work so like this is like a downsized scale of it instead of so like you work with representatives that do have a decent depending on who you work with some have better english skills than others and they aren't the workers but they're like kind of your reps that right like your liaisons that you work with on, on you know you get quotes do you want me to go through like the process kind yeah of the if pro you want to talk about it yeah <laughs> i'll do a rough one because people have done faqs and what have you but so you get a design <laughs> And there are ways to go about that. Either you do the art yourself or you commission someone or you partner with someone. So a lot of artists in the community work freelance. There are a few that have, um, that have, they're exclusive with certain makers. Mm -hmm. I don't know all of their arrangements, but they have stated that they are exclusive. They aren't working with other folks. Um, I know Ben Mod Art and Kelsey with K Jones Crafts are like that. And she gives them split profits. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there is a wonderful like relationship work there. And, but that's, everyone does their own thing. And I've told all the artists that I work with, some I've commissioned one off, some like most of them I'm, friend, I'm friends with at this point. Like I've become really close friends with Noreen. Annie is a really good friend. Lucia is out of um, Italy. Noreen now lives there too, by way of her military husband. <laughs> but nice. when I ship things to Noreen, I ship things to the base. So it's domestic shipping. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's cool. That's <laughs> awesome. Domestic shipping. Um, then I'm working with Emily on the Eda bags, which bring me more joy than pins. I'm I'm derailing, but this is how I talk. No, you're good. And then I work with Danny, who is out of Southeast Asia. I'm okay. trying to remember, I believe the Philippines. It's a shit ton to ship there too. <laughs> I was like, it's another very expensive place to ship. And then there's some other artists that I'm like, working with. I have a, an artist that I've um, worked collaboratively with and it was a shop collaboration but the artist and, and, and the, the maker are out of Canada. So it's really cool because you get to work with all these people around the world. So now you have art and the way you, you can do your research and either get by word of mouth a manufacturer to possibly use um, or you can go on alibaba.com which has a lot of like manufacturers of all sorts of things. So you can mm -hmm. get like chains um that's where we we communicate with our eat a bag uh, manufacturer uh reviews you kind of do your research uh 
and then you go and you do a request for quote, which this is where it's parallel to my job because we get requests for quotes from contractors. Mm. So it's really interesting to me. You see me getting excited. It's so interesting. Part of the reason I was like, I have no problem just like cannonballing into this because it's very parallel to my job. It's like on the flip side. So I'm like the rep position in my work. Um, so it's, the process was a lot, I, I, I grasped it a lot faster. I also was real quick to negotiate things that I talked to other makers on. They're like, what do you mean you, what do you mean this is not how they do it for you? Like they, they charge you this instead of that. I'm like, you can negotiate. Like all you can do is ask. Cause, right. um, cause there's some manufacturers that don't, that do, they don't do split payments. You have to pay all up front. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what they want. They're sales. That's what they would like. Right. I'm getting into like nitty gritty stuff, but like, and then there's others that will do split payments. Some will only split it half. Others will split it more depending on the full like cost of the order and depending on your relationship with your rep. Right. And so, as time goes, you get more knowing to them. They'll be more willing to break those down into exactly. lesser payments. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of like what I've done with like, and some of the larger orders that I do, like whether they're a larger pin or just a crap ton of like smaller pins, I'm like, okay, let's start production. Can I do third payments? Yeah. And just, like, I'll do that on like something that I'm running a longer presale on. Um, I did that for the Kybers because okay. um, that was an open charity presale, which I will have more in hand on that, the Pride Kybers, um, which the, the way those started was I, you know, Chase, right? Not I think so. Chase, but a friend of mine, Chase, uh, she asked for a particular um, flag for like uh, Kybers. Uh, she's like, cause she saw my pink ones. I did pink ones cause my dad passed away this year of um, breast cancer, secondary to prostate. So I wanted to do something. Um, and I don't, I'm not a big fan of Komen. I, they've, they've helped me with some things personally uh, from the BRCA2 standpoint, but I donated to the pink fund and I did these pink kyber crystals because I love the quote that's like the, the strongest hearts are like hearts are kyber. I just, and I'm butchering the quote, but like the hearts of kyber like part always sticks with me and I just, and my geology background. And so I did those and she came over and she saw me there all over my coffee table. I was like getting orders and everything out. And she's like, can you do, can you do this flag? Could you do like a set of this flag? I'm like, <laughs> yeah okay that sounds great and and then from there i started talking to a few other people and i floated the idea out there and i had so many wonderful heartwarming like messages they're like oh my god i would love to do like please do this this is my my little ace heart and my like oh man do you, the buy flag would look amazing is this like i just my dms got like slammed on it and i just and i'm really excited because as pain in the ass as it is to do however many kybers with however many gradient colors um because i do i don't do screen print on them i just choose different hues and shades of the color to right. create like crystal faces okay the the, the dynamic of that um i totally derailed this entirely <laughs> you're good oh my god it's still alexandra she's still herself <laughs> <laughs> you you're good Enough. so like i'm I just do. apologizing to anyone that listens to this this is how i normally am and yeah, his, you're good his 
job to try and leash me, like guide me back into like the re- the realm of, uh, I guess, a, not a schedule, but an outline. Yeah, um, no, it's all it's all interwoven though, so it's all good. Like literally, it, it's all good. It is. So you get a quote, and you can get quotes from different manufacturers. At this point, I have different manufacturers that I work with that I trust, that I've like tried out, and I like for different reasons. And so I spread my projects out accordingly through them so that I don't overwhelm any one of them. And also because I know their strengths and their weaknesses. And that's just something you get through like time. And that's yep. the same thing in project management uh, in anything. So like, I know yeah. in my work, my strengths and weaknesses of my team and who I need to lean on to help who, where I need to take the front of the work because it's my specialty, et cetera, et cetera. And we work great as a team. Right. Uh, I think that's a great way to work with collaborate uh, collaborations, artists, et cetera. Um, and just have fun. Yeah. It's, and, and that's the whole thing of this. Like I'm doing this for fun. This is my hobby. So I, are you the, are you the artist behind it also? Or no. do you know? Okay. All those names that I mentioned, I was just um, like, I was like, is she drawing all this shit too? Or is she commissioning? <laughs> I is she, no is she, drawing like, talent. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, cluster of pins. I'm like, is it like, is she doing the designing or is she commissioning stuff? Or is she just distributing other people's are you know because there's so many ways to go about it there like I, ha- is. I have a friend i have a friend that does all her designing and does all her distribution and her she has it her manufacturer she goes to and she does you know hundreds of orders like every week it's kind of crazy to yeah. follow her it's so uh, wild to think of like the 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 larger makers and like the people that have like thousands like i mean i have a thousand and change but like the the 10k plus makers or yeah. even like 5k plus makers in regards to how many designs they have in production because like I have a hefty amount of work currently in production. I think one of my longer pre-sales um, because I had to switch factories. Mm-hmm. That crappy manufacturer, the first around with my first pins, but I, it was a very complicated mag- magnetic pin that I went right out the gate with um, mm. design, I think. So like relatively still right out the gate. And yeah. um, it was, I, I'm glad I pulled it. I lost money on it, but I'm glad I backed out when I did because the sample they sent me and not all manufacturers send samples for you to hand in hand review. It's an extra cost, et cetera. Right. Et cetera. But um, I wasn't happy with it. And I think my experience in manufacturing and noticing a lot of the red flags from the way, like, cause yeah, she was like, Oh no, no, we'll fix it. And we'll fix it. And this, we'll fix this. I'm like, you sent me a sample that was relative garbage of all the things. Like if if we could technically send samples of our products, but I, we do civil site stuff. So like, we can't really do that, but um, sent my customer and then we're going to review it to like the nth degree. I wouldn't send them garbage. Yeah. No, there has to be some modicum of, of, of best what I could do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. Even like, cause I do shirts on a, on a different for Italian American stuff and, Oh, yeah. You know, when I when I have the screen and I take it to the to the printer that I use, you know, they'll say, okay, uh, come by the shop and look at the colors you can pick from for the like mm-hmm. they know the colors I want because it's Italian colors or Sicilian colors, but make sure the colors are okay with you. Like, look at want you to do one in front of you and then get your approval for the for the how it looks. Absolutely, that's how before we print be. everything. And since they and- since that office is next to my main job, I can walk there at lunch and proof it in their facility. Right. Small businesses. Yeah, I got like like working with local businesses when I can, or like small, like small business. You get that like personal touch, and like yep. 
for pins, there's a very similar like check process before you manufacture. Like we are something that most people don't see behind the scenes. I mean, you see it when you're when you're the creator or the maker like posts update pictures, which they should always do. They should always communicate where things are. I'm a big fan of being transparent. I will tell you if like, and that's where I was with um, the one, the Ben pin. I was like, y'all, this is, I was in full communication with my pre-sale group. I was like, hey, y'all, we're having problems. I'm going to, and this is what I'm going to do. I want to know what everyone thinks. Um, I try to post pictures as they go. So after you get like the quotes and you choose a manufacturer to go with, you can, you start doing an art proof. Now it, it depends on the manufacturer. A lot want a, a mold deposit or a art deposit or my one manufacturer, which I don't want to uh, take advantage of this, but they don't charge me for art proofs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to do too many of them and then just back out because that's their time and energy and money. Like, yeah. and that's abu- it's abusing the system. They're le- they are providing me that, um, that little extra, like that customer service to right. get my order right. on a side, basically. And because they expect me to order through them. I would, I rarely, very rarely go through a proofing process with a manufacturer without having an intent to go with that manufacturer. Oh, absolutely. I've stepped absolutely. away after right. I fought for a month or so going back with edits because they have to vector it. And so they have like an art proof. Much like we have for our engineering products, uh, we have like site designs and the profile, we have an art proof. Yep. And so going back and forth between your rep and their, um, the design, what they call designers, which would be the people working with the art proof and all the vectors and the layers and everything. Yeah. And you're changing Pantone colors to make sure it's the right one. You are uh, checking on the effects. You are making sure the cutouts are in the right spot. You are making sure the sizes are correct. The plating is correct. Um, the screen print is correct that all the screen print lines are what you want screen print and none of the mold lines are like swapped because there are a lot of layers um, in yeah. the AI file that gets like finally done because they, they, they do some factories do silk screen, you know, screen printing and it's all very, pre- there's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes. And then once you approve a proof, then they put it into production. Um, but they get a good rep and a good manufacturer talks to you every step of the way. Right. They do the hard enamel fill first and they check you with colors. I had recently a um, a pin, it was the Anakin pin. Um, my rep sent me the hard enamel fills and everything looked good, but the skin looked a little jaundiced, but it was the same, same manufacturer that I used for Obi-Wan, same Pantone color that I used for Obi-Wan. So same factory, same everything. And I, hmm. I literally, did like a quick collage or whatever with the like the Instagram things. And I had a the Pantone color, Obi's face, and then the sample. And I was like, he's too yellow. Um, can you, first I asked for natural light, which I always recommend people do. Natural mm-hmm. light, you know, because they work in factories that have like terrible fluorescent lights and like dark and it's not. It's Nothing not looks the same, pretty yeah. Pretty pictures and you're approving colors, which I've made the mistake. I'm not. I'm approving colors in a very bad picture. And then I got it and I was like, this is, this is why I have two different colors of red kyber crystals. <laughs> yep. And that's why places that are local where you can walk into the shop and look at it Absolutely. before they print it is always, I mean, it's almost never the easiest to get that way. But like when you can, it's like, holy crap, I can walk into the shop. I can drive 10 minutes and talk to these people and look at the proof. It's much oh. easier than 
dealing with overseas, but all the manufacturing, everything is manufactured overseas these days. I mean, dear Lord. A lot of things, a lot of things are unfortunate. I don't say unfortunately, but like, we're not going to get into a geopolitical conversation here. <laughs> no, please not. This is not the show for Capital- that. <laughs> Capitalism. That's not the. Sh- that's not. This is not the show for that. <laughs> intentionally avoid most of that. For. <laughs> I avoid most of that intentionally just to make it a safe space of just like fun and discussion. Oh yeah. On, on my podcast. Absolutely. It's um. So it's getting pictures in natural light is. Yeah. Helpful. Yeah. And so I agree. And back and forth and communicating with this rep, I was, you know, finally I was like, you know, like, well, it's the same color. I'm like, I need it to look more like this. So can you like, cause he needs to look less yellow because he mm-hmm. looks jaundiced right now. And I can't like, and then she came back with another, another skin, like, and it was, I was like, thank you. And the frustrating thing with Anakin, let me go on this side. Note, the frustrating thing with Anakin is depending on how he's lit between both the Clone Wars and the live action because they light him differently on, because he's on a route like of descent. Like he's, he's going from light to dark. And so they incorporate lighting into that storytelling. So there are some situations where he looks rather tan. And there's other situations where he looks not as white as me, but like Caucasian, general baseline Caucasian, like very right. similar to Obi. So choosing pantones and skin color is a bit of an issue in the pin community um and for example i have a pin that i just went with um the pantone color that the artist had chosen and i just went on autopilot and then one of my one of my customers came to me was like hey trill looks a little white and I was like, you are absolutely correct. And I just went on auto because that's, that's just how the art has always been. So right. for me, it just went past and I was like, I am wrong. Let me change. It. Like it's, it's still in production. I will change that Pantone color to something more Trilla colored <laughs> because I just, I hadn't played the game in a while. And I just had seen, been working with that art and I'd seen a lot of helmet Trilla and it was all on me. It was all my mistake. Like, yeah. and I owned up to it and I'm like, I will fix it because whoop, I am wrong. But we see it a lot happening and we even see it sometimes with like actual license merch with like the clones, for example. Yeah. yeah. Um, he is a lot darker than they animated him to be. <laughs> so, and then there's been better written discourses on that, but it's definitely something that even as someone who pays attention to it on like Poe pins and Finn pins mm-hmm. and um, Miles Morales and what have you, I totally let it, as someone who pays attention to it so much on other pins, I let myself slip on it. And I was like, mm. and I think the ability for people to admit when they're wrong and they've effed up. I oh, think it's important. I appreciate when people yeah. do that. I try to do it, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, none of us are going to bat a thousand. You know, no, we're not all going to bat a thousand. Human. We're all going to have that one like, oh, I, yeah, I messed up on that. <laughs> and we're, we're all doing this during, like, the pandemic's still going on. We're all super burnt out and stressed. Like, <laughs> we're none yeah. of us are perfect. Have forgiveness. And, like, See, that's funny because, like, you mentioned, like, you got into the pin to kind of, because you didn't have the energy to, you didn't have the energy to cosplay. <laughs> you didn't want to cosplay. And I was the same way. I'm like, there's no point to cosplay. I was, mm-hmm. I was, I was working on a new one. I had, I had put money down already. One of our friends is doing the costume for me for this one. I was, I was going to debut. I remember. At, I was going to debut at 
WonderCon 2020, I was in a super soldier group. Uh, I'm going off the OG design from the first comic book, not the not the Disney Plus show. I was doing US Agent, the, the black outfit that was in like the 70s the or 80s. Yeah. The original cost. When they switched it to like in the show, didn't that show up at the last? It was episode? pretty. It was pretty close. It's a little different still. Obviously, it's a yeah. little because they have the same kind of like star symbol on the side that isn't there in the original one. Like at least the way it the way it's placed. Yeah. But he made same. a comment. He was like, "Oh, it's the same, but it's black." Yeah. yeah. A, so they went back to kind of the original. It's still slight slight variations, but I was doing like an original original. And then I'm like, yeah, just hold off on it. Because first of all, I need to lose like 15 pounds before I get into a super soldier outfit. Mood. Right. <laughs> and then and then I need to do this and that. So just hang off on that. And then I'm sitting here like, well, it ain't going to happen this year. So there's no point to get it done. And then at the beginning of pandemic, we're like, all right, it'll be two weeks or three. So it's strict lockdown, you know, and then we'll get back to life. People are going to listen to being locked down. And they didn't. Whatever. So it went on way longer than me. It needed to. But um, for the first like, for the first like three or four weeks, I was back in like really good workout mode. I was getting my cardio every day. I was doing some some uh, body weight weight training mm-hmm. with stuff that I because I did kickboxing for years and I became I kind of starting to learn personal training at the time. Also, um, never finished it, but started it um, for my life. <laughs> so, um, yes, you know I know enough to I know what I need, I know what I need to do to do it. I know how to get fit. I, at one point, four or five years ago, I was, I went from 230 to 175. I was at, I was at 15.9% body fat. So I had, I had cuts and I had, you know what I mean? Like I was, I was yeah. lean. Um, so I know how to do it. And then after a month of being locked in my house, I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Like, why am I working out every day? I'm going to sit on the couch and watch a movie and eat shit, you know, that tastes good. Um, <laughs> you know? So I became like a cash potato and now I'm struggling with the trying to get back into um because I'm still not at the point where I want where I want to go into a gym yet. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, Fair. Yeah, like I'm good. Um and there's enough stuff you can do with your own body weight and with a couple items at home, you know, get a couple dumbbells and a, a, a medicine ball, and you can do a lot of stuff on your own. Um Yeah, it's just but it's hard to get I, that motivation going. Also, like route. the gym space, it's like I don't know, like directly compared to, but it's like going to church to like it's a very ritualistic, and it's just yep. just the ritual of driving there and going there. The, when I first started going back, um, before like I went back twice, so that we reopened once, and I went back like cautiously with a mask, and I didn't yep. take anything off uh, the entire time, and um, and then they closed back again. Like I stopped, actually, I stopped going for a bit because people were um, broskies were wearing it down under their nose and like, as oh, a yeah. and I was like, y'all I'm out. And so I was mad about that. And I just, I had lost motiva- motivation to do it at home. Like I, I did center fit for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really hard to delineate spaces for work, for gym and for like relaxation, like, Yep. And that's very key for me. Like I have a home office, but it's yeah, my same. kitchen. Baby. I have a one bedroom. Oh, so yeah. I, I have, and in Southern California, a one bedroom is not the size of a one bedroom in, say, like North Carolina or something. Not like even that. close. Um, it was. It quickly became like a very small space. Very. Oh, yeah. like, and when I started going back to the gym a, the second time around, um, 
even with the mask, it was harder. And there's some things that like, I didn't want to do in a mask because it made me more exhausted. But um, like burpees in a mask, I'm pretty terrible. Um, I hate burpees. I, I, I can't do it because my knees, I literally can't do the jumping part because I can't fair. jump on the knees that I have. <laughs> there, well, then you're saved from burpees. So I do modified, I do modified burpees where I can do the rest of it. And I just don't jump when I come up. Do you just do like a wee? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's they're great cardio for you. And they're just, and because I train for Spartans, I, sh- I really should, but lifting weights and like, I don't lift baby weights. Um, yeah, same way. I, I had to work up back to where my strength was, but I am an old gymnast. Um, I weight lifted for a bit when I was rowing, I did crew. I was a short mm-hmm. gymnast, uh, short rower, tall gymnast. Um, they wanted me to like train Olympic lifts, but my joints were such garbage from gymnastics. My wrists were garbage after I was, cause I was like 150 something weight wise benching 145 as a girl straight out of gymnastics. And they were like, Ooh, actually let's like, no, no, no. You don't understand this hurts. Like, and they're like, Oh, well, we can still do strength and conditioning for you. I'm like, that's great. That's, that's, that's why I'm here. Um, so like, that's the sort of stuff that I like. Like yeah. I can weight stuff and I did it when I was traveling in a pinch because I traveled a lot for work before the pandemic and but it's for that to be all the time for me because I've worked out in hotel rooms I've worked out in Airbnbs when I was traveling in Europe um and it's modified and it's like you can do it it's just oh yeah have I get much more joy out of lifting big weights and making guys me like what no yeah I mean and there's something (laughs) to like if you're in like a one bedroom or even you're in a bigger house and it's still like you have to you know if you have to have space. a space where you work and a space where you sleep and a place where you work out. And the other hard part is delineating the times, right? Because when you're working from home, it's harder to put a stop. Like my boss for a long time didn't like working from home because he, he didn't feel like he had a strong stop time at any yep. point. Like, when do I stop working? I'm like, dude, just shut the shit down and, and relax. <laughs> like It's just, real hard sometimes. Put the computer down and stop. Well, like, you know, I work in the public sector, so like we don't get paid for extra we yeah. don't get paid overtime unless we really need to get paid overtime like there are events we do or we do but like like <laughs> you have to you, you for your sake and your for your family's sake because he has he has a family you really have oh, to like yeah. just like kind of you know he's my boss but he's like i'm a little older age-wise um so we both talk to each other about stuff like this all the time i'm like you just shut the laptop down like i have the work phone like i don't look out the weekends i put that shit in my car and it stays there till monday you know what I mean? Like, don't carry work-related stuff with you on the weekend or after five. If you're eating dinner, stop. You know what I mean? After dinner, turn on the yeah. TV, do something else, spend time with your family, do something at the house. Like, you know what I mean? But it's hard to differentiate those times for work and for self and for workout when you're not leaving the same. I don't care how big the house is. When you're not leaving the, yeah. the house, it can be. 500 square feet or 10,000 square feet but unless you really have like a wide variety of places to be that look different and feel different it's hard to differentiate those times when you don't leave the house for months and months on end yeah and then it all feels the same you, <laughs> then if you add like i can't even imagine doing this when i used to live in portland i had to have time lights um mm-hmm. for sure because it would the sun would come up and like at like four it would be up like five and something like that but then it'd go away at like four <laughs> it was oh, like a quarter of a time and then it's cloudy a lot in portland anyways so i had to get timed lights because um if you're in a in an apartment a lot or like uh, not 
we have a lot of sun in Southern California, but I'm very, very white. And I don't like, I got sunburned Same. the one day, I, like not one day, but like recently enough, I went out and was like, I'm going to work on my porch uh, this afternoon. And yep. I had a, a front of the leg fan, like a side, like where I had my leg crossed over on my shin. And then I had a line where my laptop corner was on my thigh and I got burned bad. I couldn't sleep on it. Like yep. I've been there. I've been there. It's just, Oh, man. I have two. I say I have two colors: white, and extra crispy, and that shit hurts. That second color hurts. <laughs> let me tell you, it does. And then freckles, and I have freckles. But like and then those- being in the condition I'm in, that I can't grow hair anymore on my head. Uh, oh, if man. you forget, my dad had if, to you, wear hats. if you forget <laughs> to put sunscreen on your head or something, and I didn't even know I was I was out. I was oh, in Santa no. Barbara years ago, and I ate at this outdoor pier. My friend and we were eating, having a great time. I didn't know I was sunburned. I get up the next morning to go to work. I turn on the hot water in my in my shower oh. and I get under it and it hits my oh. head and I damn near screamed it hurt so bad. Oh, no. So I get it. I Man. get it. I was that way the other day. And, or I'll put sunscreen on in the morning and then forget to reapply it in a couple hours. And so I'll be out from like eight in the morning to like five at night. And then I come home, I'm red as hell. I'm like, what the hell? I'm forced. Oh, wait, I put it on once. God damn you've me. entered lobster mode. Is what yeah. you've entered. It hurts. Fire engine red. Yeah. Man. Oh. oh yeah but um it's really it's been weird with the trying to delineate space and now like i have like the pins started taking up a lot of space as well um so did you want me to go but now that i'm remembering did you want me to go back and finish up the rest of the the, the hat, yeah the, yeah yeah the, the process <laughs> All right, so you go through all the special effects, you get plating and everything done. Um, it depends which effects which um, on whether plating happens first. So they get shipped to you after you've approved everything. It goes to the mass production and hooray, it gets shipped to you. And then you have all the quality checking, and each maker is different. Um, I'm sh- I don't know if you've how much you've been in the pin community in regards to just I know you've dabbled here and there, and you have some friends that like make pins. I don't have any friends that make pins, none, none at all. No, I, I thought you were just. Okay, well, um, who haven't dabbled, um, different makers grade their pins differently, but like each pin is handmade, like they don't, they're not like wizard pins that has like a, um, an automated system. I always get ads for them because I make pins now. So they're like, ah, yes, let me try and get your, uh, your cash cash. Um, and (laughs) they're handmade and then they're hand polished down, um, wet, wet polished and, um, they get pin pricks, they get little scratches, there's smudges here and there sometimes the screen print, there's a bit of a splatter. Um, I will say anyone that's just getting into pin making or is a collector, I think both uh, should, should know this information, black and white enamel with no effects show every single error. Like, I don't say error, but like defect. And they, that means pin pricks here and there, it's just very unforgiving, ripples, etc. Like, so if you are planning to doing on doing a pin that is very like a lot wide swath of enamel fill of black say or white maybe consider doing an effect there <laughs> i have learned this um the first batch of pins i did which i still have a crap ton i'm going to turn a bunch into magnets because um i look back at it and i was like ooh, i could tell i was a rookie pin maker you know like just little things here and there that i've learned from making a couple pins from talking to other people that have like made a mistake or watching other people like make this mistake i'm like i will not do that so it's definitely a learning experience it's definitely really interesting to see what can be done and what you can push your manufacturers to do Mm -hmm. um 
and creatively on as an engineering side, like it's really interesting when you can get an, a, a factory uh, to push their limitations and do something new. Mm-hmm. I love seeing that, not just from like my own manufacturers and, and me doing it, but like bigger pin makers that have the, that this is their job, that this is their, they have the bandwidth to push through a metric crap ton of pins relative to what I push through and right. what other makers push through. Like, and so I see them, I see the little things where they're like trying something new and I'm like, that's so cool. I'm like, that's so clever. Yeah. And you and I were talking before we started recording about like uh, how it's like, the, or maybe, you know, you were talking about your shirt and then something else anyways, um, about how I love clever pins. I love mechanical pins because I'm an engineer and I'm just like, that's, that's really neat. I have a, um, oh, I can't remember the maker. I think it's MacGuffin pins or, um, but it's a, a golem pin where he's hiding behind a rock. It's like a pin on pin oh, and cool. magnetic where he can pop out from behind the rock and then pop back behind. And I'm like, I love things like oh, that, cool. like the chains and what have you. So it's, it takes a lot of time to quality check and when, and things have happened in quality checking where like some ma- manufacturers, some, excuse me, some makers go through it and they're like, I am not satisfied with the level of quality. I have too many, flawed pins and where every maker delineates a flawed and um, standard or ABC, like everyone grades differently. So everyone check check that their maker's grading policy because everyone runs their business differently. Um, We're talking about from the start stage, I commission my artists and I work with artists because I can't draw with shit, which is also why I try and put my, if I can put my artists um, either back on the back stamp and, or on the packaging. Because so do, you, do you split sale price with them also, or how does that work? Do you pay they them work freelance. The one, they work freelance? Yeah, the ones I work with, um, it's a freelance and every okay. artist charges differently. Um, right. The only ones that I, know of that do any sort of split profits are exclusive artists with right. specific pin makers right i may be incorrect um but it's like salaries not everyone shares that that sort of yeah. information so like i only I know. know from my experience with certain artists and i'm more than happy to promote my artists i always want to credit them I absolutely always I shout them out. I, I love them as people and I like work with them for a reason, obviously, because like I love their work. I love their style. Um, and I keep working with them because I love all that. And so long as it's not negatively affecting their customers, honey, get that cheddar. Yep. Get commissioned from this other maker. Get commissions from yeah. that. But I've always talked to, I've always talked to my artists and like, if you want to renegotiate on like your costs or like your costs are going up just like talk to me if you ever want to do something like that's exclusive or what have you we can renegotiate like I don't know like I've talked to a lot of them in that regard but a lot of them like to be freelance they like to be able to stop working when they uh, want to yep. stop working and, and work with who they want to work with. yep and yeah that's great and that's that's the beauty of freelance it's I which I've heard is also stressful from like some artists and like other well, freelancers yeah. Because it's paycheck to paycheck to a degree. Right. right. I mean, and that's the same with like musicians and, and people yeah. that do TV shows. Like it's not just the actors, like the, the, the crew, the, the, the people on the cameras, the sound people. When that show is over when for the season or when the series ends, they're like, well, I got to find another show to, yeah. so I can have money again, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's the stress of freelance, but it allows you to do whatever hell you want to do Absolutely. when you want to do it. So that's the advantage of it. Um, yeah. 
And then there's always the process of finding artists. Um, I've gotten word of mouth. Noreen was a word of mouth recommendation. I was one of the first few people that commissioned her though. And that especially that didn't commission her on anime. She um, <laughs> a maker as well. She's brilliant. Um, I love her to pieces. She's Australian. So it's funny when we send her each other voice, like voice messages, I always forget that she's Australian. And I'm like, Until you I hear that twang. Yep. Um, and she's a pin maker. Lucia is a pin maker as well. Um, Annie approached me with an idea on a pin and that's how I started working with her um, on a collaboration pin. And that was really, really cool. And she and I share a lot of fandoms and like nerd out about things. I'm like, Ooh, what about this is a pin? She's like, oh, I love it. Let's do it. I'm like, okay, draw whatever you want, basically. <laughs> nice. Like what you're feeling like I, cause, and I, and, and not all artists work well that way which is part of project management and collaborative working. Like some, some people need a very specific set of like conditions to work in and they like working a certain way, which I get, cause I'm like that too. And so there's a give and take and there's the communication that's needed. I've done a lot of like, I would say cold calling, um, but that's what I would equate to it. Cause I cold call engineers for my job. Right. But your messaging where you see art you like and it's an artist you don't know, or you've not seen work with pins or, and you'll, you'll send them. I've sent so many messages to like artists that have not gone answered or people have been like, well, I already have a shop. They didn't have pins in their shop, but they're like, I don't, I already have a shop. So I'm not interested in working with another person. I'm like, that's totally fine. Yeah. Or yeah, I've already gotten pit. Like I'm, I'm working on something on my own. And I'm like, that's great. I was just like, I love your work. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. And, um, it's there's a lot of stuff that goes behind the scenes just because we don't announce that hey i've reached out to tw like 10 artists within the last week and only none of them <laughs> well and that's 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 the behind the scenes hustle you yeah know, that's, the, that's the work that people don't see on the on the on the front end of instagram or whatever they're viewing mm -hmm. us on right they don't see the behind the scenes part of, of the uh even of the designers right like the behind the like it's always fun for me to watch pin makers or artists that will do like uh, last videos of their designing the designs. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they'll sit down with their with their tablet or they're designing on, and they'll draw the whole thing on there. And they do like a lapse video. That's always cool I to see the those. behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I try to send pictures. Like, I try to post pictures, obviously, of like what my manuf manufacturers send me, so I can share with my customers. But then I try to like, cause sometimes, so the screen print always looks funny. Cause I try to screen print my faces for the most part on a lot of my pins, just cause it comes out crisper. Because when you do the face, like when you do lines in the mold, even when they're a thinner line, because when the plating adds um, a thickness to it. So it'll, it'll always like make it thicker. And so like on really delicate lines, like face lines, I tend to rather it be like silk printed instead to get out mm -hmm. like crisper, especially if like, especially for feminine features you get, depending on the artwork, you know, like the lashes and stuff like that. It just looks really nice. Right. Um, but whenever, whenever you have a proof, you see the, the screen prints always on like a separate layer. So they put it on a separate layer, man, sometimes they're hilarious. Cause they're like just out of a horror show. <laughs> Cause it's literally just the features, but it's on like a green background. So it's just like, so the Loki pin that I'm doing, because it's President Loki and it's when he's doing his shrug, we didn't know nice. it was Loki then because it was Hiddleston still, because you know how Disney, how Disney do. Um, but Leia, just, just the screen print, and I took a screenshot of it and like posted it. I was just like, you know, just, 
just pin maker things. The screen screen print just is hilarious. But um, I'm so I think this segues into something that I wanted to bring up about like working with local people and like working with your strengths as a, like there's so many makers and so many creators that like they do it all. Like mm-hmm. they take the pictures, they do the reels, and I just don't have the skill set. Like most of my pictures on my like at this point on my site are like I went outside and took a picture outside because that was better lighting and like that's I'm just here to show you the pins. Yep. But um, my friend Emily, spelled different than Emily, who just is the artist behind all my Eda bag, not all, but the majority of my Eda bags that were, I say my, but our Eda bags. And um, so she does marketing. She and her husband have a marketing company. So like real, like videography, editing videos, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And they live in Anaheim. So I went over the other day with the, cause I was like, I reached out to her. I was like, Hey, Emily, I have my in-hand sample for the, the invasion Padme eat a bag coming in. I'm super stoked about it. Like I would love to, you know, please quote me like what it would cost for like to get detailed pictures of all like, you know, the custom pool tabs, the, the custom liner inside the back, the front, style pictures where I'm wearing it, like we're wearing it as a backpack or wearing it like as a crossbody with pins in it, without pins in it, you know, just like a good marketing setup. And I'm like, maybe some videos and stuff because I, I'm bad at all of that. I don't even do it for my own personal stuff. Like I was like, nope, I, I am more than happy to pay for this service. I'm supporting a local business. I'm supporting mm-hmm. a, um, and it was great to go over there. It was just wonderful. Yeah it's always good to see people. They, they were on the Marvel commercial with me. We were extras in a Marvel commercial, um, though for the Avengers campus, which was really cool to see Avengers campus before. Nice. Like, oh, so cool. It was really cool because like, I mean, we had to put our phones in bags and everything, obviously, but like the last night we did a, the last one, we did a night shoot. Otherwise it was like 4am call time, but like we did a night shoot. And so we were watching like the stunt show and everything. Um, everyone was out of costume at that point, which is why they were like, no, 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 you make sure your phone is like, cause you don't, rule number one, Disney, you don't break the Disney magic. Nope. Never have a character. Nope, never, never. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool to watch them all training and to hear from an athlete's perspective, yeah. to hear the choreo, like the, the, whoever was directing them. I don't know what, like the, their, their choreographer, or the, whoever was their boss. Basically, no, 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 let's do this at half speed. No, 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 like you were going too much here. And just hearing, let's try it, let's tweak there. I really like that energy and because it wasn't all, it wasn't all negative. <laughs> right. To see that. And it was cool to like Dr. Strange walk by and was like bitching about something. And I was just like. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> in character. It's in character. Daddy Strange. Um, which I said that on, like we were, we were dead ass tired after a certain point, but I said, I said, Daddy Strange at some point. And someone that was working there walked past me and looked at me. She's like, I appreciate this. And just kept it was one of the crew and I was like fair like <laughs> I see I was gonna be quiet about it but then I was like we're already like daddy one Kenobi is like the next um full reveal we've done on like the Eda bags and um anyways I was with my friends that on Monday night when I like I guess drama went down because I had a bunch of people message me like um someone is someone is someone doesn't like what you're doing and I'm like okay well, I had a night of joy because I got to go to my friends. My one, so Emily, Emily, my uh, SoCal friend, not my Australian friend, that's my artist. They're spelled differently, but you can't hear that on, on, on a podcast. So um, 
she uh, she had a Padme themed wedding. Like nice. So and she went even though she would not see her taking the pictures, she wore a Phantom Menace shirt and she brought out the Phantom Menace, you know, poster that she had. We dusted it down and used that for shoots. So like to see her reaction as a Padme fan to the bag, to the details. And she's like, okay, so run through me what changes you're gonna make. And I was like, okay, so like the detailing here, we're gonna change out like the thread color. We're changing it from this to this so that it, and I went through and explained why. And she's like, that's that's brilliant. She's like, oh, wait, I didn't even see that this. And she just like the genuine joy and enthusiasm she, she expressed is what's been kind of like, cause I was burning out a little bit and then having that in-person interaction, so then getting to go to designer con, I'm so excited for. Like, that's the interactions that we have in cosplay at conventions. And like getting yep. that back, and then Leah walked in and, and her genuine reactions, it just as someone who models for El Hoffer, right? So like she knows geek fashion. She loves it and she's a cosplayer. They're all cosplayers. So like they know the little details here and there. Like I'm sure you, even though you're not into like maybe invasion Padme and like doing the whole eat a bag and bounding that. But I imagine you would look at all the little details and appreciate it. It's like oh, the, absolutely. the lounge fly bags have a lot of like little details in it. Yeah. I mean, I would never own one for myself, but I appreciate yeah. the deeds. Like I, when I go and you know, when I go to like Disney and look at the, the new stuff that's out, the new bags, I'm like, that's, a, that's, that's an amazing looking bag for me. It's like one, it doesn't fit my, my look. Right, this kind of big heavy set. Dude I don't know. I need to get a bag. picture of you with the eat a bag uh, now. I think it'd be perfect. <laughs> and and two, they're too small for what I want to carry usually. See, that's the great thing about me, an engineer working with Emily, an artist, Emily Australia, um, an artist, is that like it's really interesting in the in the collaboration process. It's been a very organic collaboration process. So like we were adjusting the back stamp instead of doing an embossed, which they did too small on the sample, which I'll show you whenever we see each other in person again, versus I was like, okay, why don't we do it? Like, we're gonna do it larger. She's like, oh, how about this? And she just drew a random sketch. I'm like, okay, let's do it five inches in diameter. She's like, why five inches? I'm like, cause that's the depth of it. And so you're tying back into that design choice. And she was like, I don't do numbers, but that makes total sense. And so mm. you see the both, both ways of thinking and the same thing about, when we did our first edit in the production process, uh, we actually made the hair larger, mm -hmm. but we kept the face the same scale because we wanted more room for the pins because we didn't want to, we made the decision. We didn't want to put the pins through her face because she has such an iconic makeup look in general, but especially in that, like, and we had played, we are where we are planning on doing different outfits because there's people that collect specific outfits mm -hmm. included mm -hmm. and that but with Invasion, because I collect Invasion. I also collect um, Space Buns Leia with the white and her hair. Mm -hmm. And I collect Obi-Wan. So like there are three of the front designs that we're doing and it's because I'm okay with there being one or two bags only. Because yeah. I will happily wear that to Disney and just just live in my joy. Thank you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but hopefully other people will be interested as well. Yeah. I'm not looking at, at like a mass scale to be enough like- I mean- who money but money money you have you have to have some self-investment in what you're producing oh, yeah. or it's gonna fall flat like if you're making something you don't give a crap about it's not gonna it's not gonna look good it's not gonna be good right you have to have people an interest. see that stuff like the subject matters that you produce stuff on has to be stuff you actually enjoy otherwise it what's your what's your what's your investment in getting it right you know what i mean 
other than if you're just a corporation that wants to make a ton of money, money. that's fine. Yeah. You stamp everything, right? Just do so, it, get the images, look for it, see what's popular, stamp them all out and do it. And that's great. They're able to do that. It's, it's nothing wrong with it. It's but, funny because we've had this conversation with cosplay before. And I know mm -hmm. I've on cosplay pack is like, do something that you love and then like the rest will follow. Like, the rest but like i've obviously done joy like designs that i've enjoyed that have fallen flat so like the weekend i think it was long beach comic-con so i did a rogue the first day which was like i did a rogue with um aubrey where she did gambit we did bunny rogue and bunny gambit that's which, the one we no that's the one we met at right no i met no, you the one before that you were rogue when met i met you though that. you were rogue when yeah. i met you though i've done a lot of rogues and we were at the bar with russ the, the um the upstairs bar with me you russ and and rachel uh, rachie after con oh, so up oh. We were at some outdoor that was when i met you the first time so maybe it was uncanny avengers rogue because yeah. i know you were the traditional suit you were the you were in the green and yellow yeah green and white green and yellow okay <laughs> for those listening i have a lot of rogue looks yeah have I have done one of the eighties ones with the with the 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 shorter hair, like kind of like the mullet. No, you had the long hair too. You had the long hair on, and the yeah. <laughs> no, I remember. I remember. I was I met you. That was you and Rachie. I think I met Rachie before. I met Russ before anybody else. It all blurs together at this point. Um, yeah. That weekend in particular, years. not the one I met you at, but the one because I wore a very hyper feminine. The first. I was step. there for that one too. And then I, that was the one that I had high anxiety for because one, it was Long Beach Comic Con and they were ha they had a um, Narcotics Anonymous, I guess, in one of the neighboring hotels. It was like a, like a, a meet, not a meeting, but like a convention or something. I don't know. It was like a bigger than a meeting. Dude, they stacked that thing too much. They had the damn yeah. cheerleaders above us and they had the monster cars behind us. Yeah, they had the cheerleading <laughs> thing above us. It was terrible. And so I'm in... I'm bunny rogue was out of my comfort zone, but I like, I felt like I rocked it even though I couldn't breathe, but people were following me around trying to take pictures up my, like, and it was to the point where uh, Jax was walking behind me. And mm -hmm. then another cosplayer was like, and I could only do the floor for 10, like going down to the, the vending floor for like 10 minutes because I had so much anxiety because there were so many people trying to take, I would say up skirts. I wasn't wearing a skirt, but like inappropriate pictures with their phones. Um, yeah. And so to do a cosplay like that, which I loved the cosplay, I don't fit in the cosplay anymore. Um, but then I did Billy Butcher the next day where I was like super comfortable minus the minus the the beard on my face because I tried to eat an apple and I couldn't open my mouth. So I was like nibbling like a gerbil <laughs> on one of my snacks I brought. But it was very interesting on who the attention I got from photographers because you get mm -hmm. attention photographers to take pictures versus on the first day where I was in a very sexualized like costume versus the the second day where I was in a very masculine co like costume and it's the same when I do the Punisher because I don't gender bend the Punisher I just do, right. do I I mask I get masculine for it yep but I was happy both days because I was I was cosplaying characters I enjoyed um it's a little trickier with with making merchandise where you have to invest your own money in um pins especially because there's a minimum requirements to make. Right. So you're paying for that all the way. So like, if it's a flop, you're you're out a lot more money than I would say you're out if you make an Eda bag sample, depending on the manufacturer. You know, I quotes from several, but like it's, it's about the cost of a designer bag on its own. 
It's, yep. it's more than a lounge fly would be, but you're getting a custom bag that you put yourself into. Yep. And that's something I don't think a lot of people realize is like a lot of creators, even if we don't draw the art ourselves, um, when we commission things and when we like make things that an, a, a friend of ours has drawn, because at this point, even if like a friend of mine drew it and I didn't come up with the brainchild of it, that's, they put a lot of heart and soul into it. Right. So like through the entire way, there's a lot of time, effort, and I would say, I said heart and soul already, but like us. Yeah. Yeah. Every step of the product. Absolutely. And I particularly it's get really frustrated when I see, see people just not realize that and i and i and i try to err being someone from the south i try to err and assume it's ignorance and not malice i in most cases you're probably right i try to educate and i try to provide like someone asked me a question i try to provide an answer it gets frustrating when like the answer is somewhere i've written it already yeah most and, and the frustration stems a lot not from that because I repeat myself all the time at my job too. And I'm sure people at Disney, CMs and you, we, I just, I think with everything going on, a lot of people are shorter of temper. I've seen it in my industry. I've seen it in like online communities and mm-hmm. and community and just at the grocery store and everything. So like I have been guilty of getting a little short with people across oh. the board. And so I, I've been working on trying to step back and yeah. and realize and i would rather step back and not answer a dm dm for like three hours or what have you and come back less just with overall like frustration yeah and, and answer it a little more like a human <laughs> than a very frustrated person no but that's a smart move that's a smart move it's something i i think i've learned from waiting tables and working in customer service and what have you it's um it's just a whole it's a whole different perspective when it's your product and it's something you put a lot of you in because it's really easy for folks to get defensive or entitled or um and it's you see that in the well we'll talk about it on a cosplay level where um there are some folks that believe they own a character And that other, for the most part, the cosplay community is great. Like all the Lokis, I'm, I'm going to use Lacey as an example, damsel cosplay. She and all the Lokis I know, like she just finds more Lokis and just like, nah, we're the disaster squad. And just like- That's like the Spider-Man people. They just all yes, flock together. They do. And I love it. And there's, there's definitely like large swaths of the community are like that. And like, they get really excited. And so like, there's a new- Padme pin that comes out that's like of their of like say invasion they're like and I as a collector I'm like yes mm-hmm. and you're not like something you're allowed to not like a style or like think it's a little too similar to here and there like and I'm not talking about tracing right because tracing that's and I'm not going to delve too deep in it because there's an issue with that in the community currently and I'm just too tired to deal with it and I don't want to bring that ire to your your show but like tracing is one thing but like doing a canon scene or a canon outfit or something like that is an entirely different thing these are all these are all ips we don't own and that's not yeah. an argument like it's just like we just, we're playing in someone else's sandbox let's be respectful of each other. yeah 
Yeah, yeah, and I'm, yeah. I mean, none of my none of my stuff is super super canon. I guess my only my only super canon outfit is probably the Jax Teller from Sons of Anarchy. Um, but my my Punisher vest, like they're not the vests from the show, but I use the graphics from the show on the vest that I have, mm-hmm. right? Um, and what does somebody say recently? They said if Loki taught us, if Loki has done anything for us, the TV show. I don't know. If, you i assume everybody's seen it at this point it's been i've seen it weeks. at least so they're saying if you don't look like a character anymore you're a fucking variant <laughs> you know it's made anything anything can be in existence because and then some people are like well but that's going to hurt my costume design business don't don't let that get around because I, I need the business to make the costume still for people you know what i mean like so and i get it but it's like if you don't look at like the character you don't have the exact something like anything can be you know within reason right like yeah, you know, dude, cosplay out of your closet, Disney bound. Like, I am all for it. Like, yep. there are people in the community, and we've we've had this discussion. Like, I think I feel like you've probably had this discussion with other guests and and what have you. But like, there are some people that just want to like rain on people's parade and t- tear other people down. Oh, yeah. like, and cosplay is for everyone. Um, I don't want to say pin makings for everyone. It's it's because it's running a business, and, and I say that in the I want to frame it in the way that it's running a business. So think about that before you get into pin making. But when you like, as long as you take all of that into consideration, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you like, if this something you want to try and do, just understand the cost scopes of it because getting into cosplay with a cos- closet cosplay versus getting into making pins, two different price points, yep. two different risk points. Um, I mean, yeah. You can make good cosplays on it relatively inexpensive budget still and, and i love seeing it i i yeah. several cosplayers that i follow that that do they thrift to get a lot of their stuff and they they sell their mm-hmm. other stuff. they do it within a very good budget mm-hmm. like you don't have to do the thousand dollar builds or have thousand dollars you can although it's tempting as shit sometimes i saw a couple i'm just like oh i wonder how Jay's. oh wow that's too well, yeah, I mean, like I have Jared. one of Jay's. I have one of Jay's blades. I do. I bought. I bought the dark because I bought the same hilt that he has, the Mandalorian hilt. Jay is great. Yeah, Jay does no. um, screen accurate level costumes, and you pay him for his work. If I was gonna order something screen accurate from Star Wars, I'd be hitting him up like zero zero doubt. Hundred <laughs> percent. But it's and I don't mind paying it up there. I, yeah. I don't mind paying it because I know the 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 level of quality that. They produce. it's a specialized skill set yeah. you're paying when you pay for stuff like that it's and i'm gonna get it stuck in my head with the tiktok the trend where it's like it costs me effing hours because not only is that catchy as all hell and it gets stuck in my head but it's so true and i've seen a lot of my like friends who do sewing um lynn who has been on uh her universe several times one of the, as a designer but like designs custom pieces she just put one out of one of her um dresses inspired by critical role i think it is i don't listen but i think that's what it is and it's she did it was black black fabric like bleach uh painted like that and so with the shapes it's off to send it to you afterwards it's effing gorgeous but it's it takes hours and mm-hmm. so you you commission someone to do um there's a pin maker that also does sewing commissions but she does like Padme level like I think she did one of Padme's really ornate queen costumes and I can't remember mm. which it's the one that has it looks very geisha they have a lot of them are but like has all the beading work that comes down the front almost like waterfalls and she made one of those for her and she was talking about it recently on one of her stories and it was basically like by the way if if I had a client come to me to commission this 
this is over $10,000 in labor and costs. And I'm like, I believe it. Yeah. I, I know what I paid for, for um, Uncanny Avengers Rogue. Yeah. If, if I'm, and if it's not in your budget, that's fine. Yeah. But it's, it's not overpriced. Um, right. And Noreen posted something in January and it's been reshared. She reshared it recently because someone was, because every, it's cyclical. The drama, the general oh, yeah. community is cyclical. And one of them is, I can't believe you priced this much. And this, it's a complaint on the cost mm-hmm. of product. And for one, and not enough makers are talking about this. The cost of steel has gone up a lot. You probably know this because yeah. uh, because you work where you work. And yeah. I work in construction, so I've seen it just, whew, and we have a lot of, um, so we have steel-based products. So we've watched it shoot through the roof. Um, a lot of people probably more understand the lumber comparison, but like as a raw cost, that's gone up. There are yep. more pin makers. So um, supply has, like supply has gone up. So like there's, so the demand and everything, it's all gone up. And so it costs more to get things done at the manufacturers because there's more work that they're doing. So they price accordingly. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, prices of materials fluctuate. You have to adjust for prices of fluctuation. And, but that's, that's not the main of it because you have profits aren't just sale cost minus production fees. No, because you have packaging. Mm-hmm. You have um, all the time that I put into it. And mm-hmm. a lot of us undervalue our time because I put more than 24 hours into like one pin design in regards to oh, yeah. communications with my artists, communications with my manufacturer, communications with my customers. Marketing is a cost and a cost that I'm willing to pay out to, to Emily mm-hmm. um, because she puts out professional level. And then I also get to advertise for my friends. So yeah. like, the small business. So like, that brings joy to my heart. I know where my money is exactly going. I know what she, it is paying for her rent or paying for her food. Like I am more than yeah. happy to do that. Like, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had, you know, friends in cosplay that knew I was doing a character or something and knew that I had a prop made and then I was like, eh, it's kind of like, yeah. And then, so I came back to the, to my other friend and was like, Hey, you know, would you want to do, you know, this is like, Oh, well, I may have already started something for you. And so they, they start it without telling you. And I'm like, okay, look, that's awesome. I love it. But please make sure you tell me what it costs you at least. I need to give you something. Exactly. Like, don't break the bank to do something. I appreciate the kindness, but I want to make sure that you're, I mean, at least you're making a little bit of money off this because you're taking your time and you're experimenting with different things and you're using raw materials and your time outside of your full-time Absolutely. job. Absolutely. So like, don't do it on the cuff for me. I want to pay you something and I want to pay you a little more like whatever you tell me your 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 charge, I'm gonna probably pay you more than you say <laughs> because I know you're undercutting your price because we are friends. <laughs> it's and I think a lot is a lot of artists under um undercharge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost always pay over what they ask. I almost always have done that. There's an artist that I'm slow communicating with because I think they have a lot on their plate right now, but it's a newer artist that I'm like working on commissioning. And they are freelance, though um, I have seen other makers air out their displeasure that other, Hmm. and I haven't commissioned them yet, but Mm -hmm. like other makers were also using the artists that they are working with. Um, But these these artists were freelance, so 
I'm going to refer back to the earlier conversation that we had that as well, their rights to work with who they want to work with, unless yeah. you have an exclusivity clause and are giving them split profits. Right. Um, but I reached out to them and I was like, you know, asking about their commission rates and what have you. And I have like an expectation it would be here. And it was like under here. And I'm like, what? Um, so my plan is to uh, add a little more at the end of it as a tip. Yeah, I what I would normally do if, if I plan to spend that much and they came in like that low, I'd take the difference and kind of split in the middle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to be like, just to be, give them something extra because you know you appreciate yeah. it. And yeah, you know it's just, hard work. You got to look at the numbers and see what the value is. And that's like a personal decision. Yeah. And I'm not knocking anyone that likes, is like, oh, that's a deal. I'm going to take it as a deal. But like, I think it is fair that if that artist, that artist is undercharging, in my point of view, not everyone's point of view, because not right. everyone has the same budget, and um, that's fine. That yep. is what that's life. That is what it is. Um, but looking at that and saying, "Oh, well, you can only work with me," but then not offering split profits or anything like that. I'm sorry, that's you intentionally limiting that artist's ability to make money. Especially, yep. and I have not seen this happen, but I've talked to people where it has happened, where the other maker or like a maker, something they believed that someone stole. Mm -hmm. I am doing air quotes for those listening at home, stole their artist. And I, they went to the, that other maker that also commissioned that freelance artist and basically threatened them. Um, so... And then a bunch of other stuff ensued, apparently. But I'm not going to get into that because I wasn't there. It's not my story to tell. But like, just the, the the top level of it, freelance artists are allowed to work with whoever they want. Yep. If someone approaches them with a job, and they also have the right, like, no, I don't want to work with you. For whatever reason, they, they should be polite about it, in my personal opinion. But they're allowed to be like, no, I, I don't want to work with you. And I've had artists do that. Um, I believe it was because of a personal issue with me and that's fine because it's their money. It's the, I mean, it's their skills, their time, their name. They don't want it associated with me. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And no hard feelings. That's business. And I think what happens a lot, and I think it's the, the delineating point where, cause I see a lot of parallels in cosplay. That's why I keep coming back to it with examples. And what it's our knowledge base too. Yeah. It's our shared experience. It's our base knowledge base. And it's because it's cosplay has always been the most welcoming to me when it's folks that are doing it for the joy of it and not for the monetization. Right. Right. So, um, whereas the pin community, there's a lot of people in it out for the money, be it collectors that are looking to return on their investment and resellers like the sneaker industry, like sneakers and what have you have people that'll, not everyone does this, but there are people that use bots or like are in groups specifically so they can sell it later and they're making bank on it. And um, video games is a prime example of that. Really? PS5 like, sold the new, the new oh. like consoles that sold out in like in like 30 seconds. Oh, because they're selling them in batches, aren't they? They'll sell, yeah. So like it, it literally okay. sold out in like 30 seconds. You could not buy. For the first six months, if you didn't get it in that first rung, you didn't get it for like six months. 
Okay. See, and then I, during pandemic, microchips are being not being made as much, and so there's a back there's a there's a shortage on microchips, and that's affecting everything from video games to cars. You can't even. That's why cars are oh, going yeah. for thousands over. Used cars are being raised. It's it's insane right now. The thing is that you can't Market get because, because microchips are in a shortage due yeah, to pandemic. Yeah, interesting. Um, if you want to learn more on that, I heard a piece on NPR about it where they were talking about like why some car manufacturers were okay for the time being. It's because of how they they purchase their microchips. Some of them had purchased in bulk and had still stock left over to work with. Others had different, and and so it just it depends on who yeah. you're your supplier is, your dealer, your manufacturer. And so- See, I wish that would have forced them to go back to actually building mechanical cars. Like, like stop making computer engineers, <laughs> your engineers, and make it into a car a mechanic can fix. <laughs> That's fair. As like, let me get out my tools. Let, let, me, let me get my tools in the garage and open the hood and know how to take apart a friggin' engine. Whereas now you need a uh, computer and a laptop and you have to program your car. You know? Uh, I hear but it's you. all it's all the- how we go um but yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff coming out stuff starting to open up i'm excited that designer con is back i'm gonna try to get a <laughs> a pass for that they're not even selling them yet it's like coming soon I'm like okay but where do i where do i contact for it's the um i can send you the press the press cool. bad yeah because my, my other friend will want to go too she does design stuff I'm so. really excited. I'm, I'm waiting to hear back from them the last time they, I mean, but the last time I applied, I was like, a, I applied like a month ahead. It's like, like in October and they, within a day responded, but it's not a business day currently when I, right. so I'll let you know how fast they respond um, cool. on, because I'm excited to do interviews there to be yeah. fair. Like I know lantern pins usually um, displays Jackie's really great. Um, and then BSR black series rebels. Mm -hmm. They are pretty awesome too. Yeah, I have some of their pins, I think. So, I have a couple of their things, too. I Do you have any other questions for me? I totally, like, know I went left sideways. No, you were good. We went, I mean, it's been a, it's been a back and forth conversation, which is, which is what I really enjoy. Um, and the goal, and we kind of, you know, without asking you the questions, we kind of went through everything I had outlined. <laughs> like, naturally, oh, like, everything I had typed was kind of like progression off of the first thing I went. And the way we went, you kind of went through everything. Because um, we talked about how you got into pinning. We talked about um, if you were designing the pins or if you were just, you know, doing that kind of stuff or licensing. Um, we talked about the kind of crossover between the cosplay similarities and the pin similarities and all that kind of stuff. So I think we kind of hit everything I wanted to hit um, without me having oh. to ask many questions. <laughs> just, which is really cool. That's fantastic. <laughs> because um, um, the point of these isn't to highlight me it's to highlight the person I have on right that's totally fair can you tell so, that, I, that I that I did podcasts and I do technical sales and talk to people in person yeah yeah <laughs> you know I mean and we're like you got you said like you got into pin because it was the thing you could do during the pandemic right mm -hmm. that's why I got into podcasting because my background cool. my background is an audio visual right and I don't have an issue with talking to people that are still doing it because it's kind of, and I figured too, selfishly on my part, I had a first podcast called Openly Nerdy, which was like a topical podcast with a friend. Mm -hmm. And then just got, things got busy. He got a kid, this and that. And so, and then I had a couple Life episodes. Happens. I had a couple episodes of that one where I just interviewed cosplayers and he couldn't show up. I brought on a guest. I brought on Nick, Nick works, Nick's workshop. And I brought on uh, famine cosplay with him. 
and then I had Attack Cosplay. I had the sister, the sisters on on the episodes, and those were like people were like loving them. Not look, we're in a pandemic. I can't physically see my friends, so out of selfishness, I'm going to do this podcast <laughs> where I can tell my friends like, "Hey, you're going to talk to me. We're going to record this. We're going to put it out." So you it's have a way a lot of, of cool friends. <laughs> it's a way of one keeping contact with people, right? Two, getting new people on the show because it does lend you to uh, reaching out, and meeting people like through people. You know, like I would ask people that I've met like once at a con because I sat down at the same table they were at with a mutual friend and they're like, oh, I'd love to do the show. You know, so like, that's cool. Or I meet, I meet someone, at, do, I do um, some Zooms. We did adult beverage club Zoom sessions. I've done some uh, leadership network within, within my time for Zooms. And so that's another influence. I, and it's not just cosplay. Like creators can be writers. They can be pin designers. They can be artists. They can be illustrators. Right, they can be other other podcasters. They can be video casters, uh, or so all it, of the above. Right, so it really <laughs> allows me. Things. It allows me to bring in people from all kinds of walks. Like the podcast, I brought Famine Cosplay back on this one. It was my last one that I did before I moved. It's episode seven, I think, and it was just about him, his experience as a writer, and he just had some stuff published for the first time, like oh, some that's short cool. stories. He has two books out that are. Um, he has like five short stories in each of these anthologies, right? And then he has some more stuff. Kind of, so we talked about his process of writing. We didn't even mention cosplay. It was all about writing and his process as a writer and what got him into writing. And so it's a different side of, it allows me to explore cosplayers and their other projects too, right? Like, yeah, we didn't really get into your cosplay. Just cosplayers. That, that would be yeah. a different, I could bring you back on a cosplay episode to be a totally different episode, right? And that's it the would. fun part. I could, you know, my goal is, this is episode eight, I think. And my goal is every 10th episode to do like a round table kind of episode. And so I'd bring back like three or four or five guests and there'd be a topic like, so you want to start cosplaying? Like what's your advice for somebody who wants to start cosplaying? What's your advice for someone that wants to, wants to try their hand at a pin business? What's your, what's, you want to start collecting comics? Like what your first time going to a comic shop, what do you expect to see in a comic book shop? Like all those kind of things, right? Like I want to do topical. So if I do every two weeks, then in another, like, like another month, I'll be on episode 10. I'll be calling people up say, hey, you want to come back on the, on the round table? Let's do this topic. So I, I'm making topical outlines for those things. And so we have that kind of every 10th episode will be a break from interviews and it'll be a discussion, uh, like, like, like yeah. a round table kind of thing. So with that said, though, um, I think we're getting to the time limit here that I tried to hit. I forgot to start a timer <laughs> when I did it. Um, but it was a great podcast. I appreciate your time. Um, Thank you for having me on. I haven't anytime. had a Yeah. And so where you backed off the podcast, I kind of was like, I want to do podcasts. So like I got into <laughs> it. And then, so I made this podcast because the episodes with the guests were like really highly liked. They love hearing like Nick and Famine and the, and the attack great. cosplay talk about their craft. I'm like, well, let's do, I was going to do on my first podcast, I was going to do sub shows and do like, uh, creators out uh what is artist alley episodes and um cosplay corner episodes because you have those like in Mm -hmm. the when you go to convention there's artist alley and there's cosplay corner where you get like repairs and crap done and i'm like well i want to combine those two into one show so i can with creators corner because it's any creation any creator uh, see that's why my name is cluster f pins because it's cluster of fans they start cluster of fandoms everyone thinks it's the f word but i mean it is it wasn't my hit. Sometimes it's, I'm a cluster F, but um, it still it still part. is in my head. Just FYI, 
<laughs> I mean, it's like whenever I write MF for minor flawed, everyone's like, I actually see that as um, Samuel Jackson's tagline. So, and <laughs> and it will always all be my hand motions. It, it will, will always be. be. Yeah. <laughs> so, for those who wanted to know, it's cluster F for like feels, fandoms, and I guess like if I'm having a, a chaotic day, the um, the obscene F word because I'm just a hot mess sometimes. But there we go. We all are. So, thank you. Uh, and thank you to the listeners for tuning in. Make sure you follow Alexandra on Cluster F Pins on Instagram. Absolutely. Um, your shop is on Etsy. I have Big Cartel. Um, Big Cartel. It's split between Etsy and Big Cartel because of the VAT taxes and like the Brexit and all that sort of stuff. Got but, it. Like, hit me up if you have any questions. I have like a link tree. And, I and I'll link your page and the, and the thing. Um, Check out her stuff. Perfect. It's really, it's really cool. Um, listen wherever you can. It's all over. The, um, this podcast is everywhere. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's on iHeart Radio. Um, it's all the above. Uh, crazy. <laughs> I've, I've tried to get it as many places as you can for to be listened to. Uh, follow, rate us, review us, subscribe, and until next time, uh, keep on creating.